Hi, this is Panel Beater and this is the podcast of Triple R's Radiotherapy, a weekly radio show dedicated to health, medicine and well-being. Broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via Radiotherapy's Facebook page. This is me, Panel Beater, in the studio with Dr. Dilemma. Good morning, Dr. Dilemma. Good morning. Good and, morning. And on Skype, might just get you onto that mic a little bit closer there, Dilemma. And on Skype, uh, good morning, Dr. Sharma. Great to be here. A little sniffly, but... A little right. sniffly. Which uh, is to explain my relative absence from, uh, from the, my physical absence, rather, from yeah, the studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, are you, are, you, are you feeling generally well and you're just being cautious? Is that, is that, the, is that the vibe? Well, I don't know. I mean, his symptoms are escalating a little bit, so yeah. who knows which way this is going to go. So I'm feeling okay for now, but yeah. there is a, a steady trend of escalating symptoms. Isn't so there? we'll see what happens. No, I reckon it's a smart move. The, you know, uh, err on the side of caution. A couple of people in my uh, orbit uh, got a real big punch in the nose with COVID in the last couple of weeks. It was really quite heavy going. So, yeah, hopefully you're on the you're on the good side of that. I hope so too. We'll, we'll see. I've been working at the respiratory clinics <laughs> and we've been seeing lots and lots of viral illnesses, not just COVID, uh, of course. And, uh, you know, the hope was that uh, roughly 10 days ago, last week, that we would have passed the peak of COVID. But it's actually taking a, a little time for that ref to, to come down to still hovering just above one. Yeah. Let's see what happens next. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, that that the, the... I know we're not doing the, you know, the daily stats aren't getting as much attention, obviously, as they did once upon a time. But I dipped in again during the week and they're, they're not they're not pretty at the moment, are they? No. And, and if we go back just a month or, or six weeks ago, uh, pe- you know, politicians, bureaucrats saying yeah. that it's going to be fine by this point. I think it just goes to show how the, the prediction game is just dead. Like mm. there are just too yeah. many variables, yeah. too many variants, you know, th- 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 there's people's waning immunity and seasonality changing, no one really knows what's going to happen next. Yeah, and yeah. we've got to write it out with, uh, as we say, some capital P personal responsibility. <laughs> that's all we've got now. Uh, and oh, yeah. Out. Yay for personal responsibility. Dilemma, you were saying just before the show that you've come in off one hell of a shift. You finished, what, 2 o'clock this morning or something? Oh, it wasn't meant to be so late. But, yeah, I had a, had a big shift yesterday and... Um, Got my Sunday free. I'm glad to be here this morning <laughs> in the studio. Yeah, busy week, busy week. Um, I was like, beyond, this time last week, I was um, staring at the face of a, a rat test while waiting to see whether I got a double line. But no COVID for me, just one of the one of the uh, many, many other viruses out dod- and about. So I'm glad that bit's over. Um, but speaking of um, a long shift, you guys caught the the article in the Fairfax papers during the week about, I think it was specifically related to New South Wales, but we can apply it more broadly to um, young doctors being encouraged not to take a nap oh, on, yes. their, on their shift. Yes, we saw this article in the, um, I think it was one of the ABCs, um, uh, Stating that junior doctors were uh, absolutely not not to nap on any night shift, um, even if it were quiet, they should um, find other ways to busy themselves, um, which I don't think hit the mark um, for some uh, fatigued junior doctors out there who are working back to back night shifts, yeah. often with day shifts in between, yeah. um, and on call commitments in between those shifts. So. 
Um, the, the threat to uh, change the comfortable chairs in the lounge to um, less comfortable seating, um, I think, uh, was the icing on the cake in that angry email sent out to um, <laughs> some of the doctors at that hospital. Um, yeah. It, it was pretty <laughs> condescending stuff. It was, and, wasn't uh, it? And, and the couple of things, it was clear that it came from a, a manager, that is to say, no one who'd actually kind of done yeah. work at the coalface. But the thing that was really heartening to see was uh, when this got leaked out to the media, everyone was on board, uh, particularly the public patients, saying, no, we don't want over-fatigued doctors treating us either. <laughs> yeah, Hello, no, thank you. wake up, uh, uh, so to speak, or rather yeah. go to sleep when you feel like it if you've got the time. Yeah. Um, and w- one other really subtle point was that in, that was being made in that email was, you know, if you have got time, downtime and your night shift, go and help out the emergency department. Sounds so simple, but that's yeah. just not how emergency department work yeah. happens. Once you've engaged with a patient, you don't know if that's going to take 20 minutes or or three and hours. And then you're stepping away and from your actual work on the just shows a disconnect between which... uh, sometimes management and the work that's actually happening at the coalface. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. From the outside looking in, uh, one of the great head scratches for me is that we're literally talking about an environment where people's health and well-being is front and centre on everything that is done. And yet the health and well-being of the practitioners in this case, in this particular story, it's the young doctors and the, and the long shifts, is just being completely set aside. There's that irony. It's always going to be... Uh... Uh, it was always going to persist with healthcare uh, because it relies so much on, the, the, I think, the generosity and goodwill of, yeah. of nurses, hospital workers, uh, junior doctors. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, bit by bit, I think where the, the public is seeing uh, seeing reality for what it is. And it's nice to actually see that when something like this happens, that there's a pretty unanimous pushback against it by yes, everyone. Yeah. So that's very heartening. Yeah, nice yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and speaking of young doctors, the voice that we're missing this morning is our esteemed Dr. Neo, who's up in the country, he's up in the rat, Ballarat, um, at the moment, so he couldn't join us, which is always sad, but doubly sad, because this happens to be this team's last radiotherapy show for the year. There will be a radiotherapy episode next week, um, but for the four of us, or three of us more specifically today, this is our last one for the year. Can you believe it? I can't. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's, still, it's mid-December. When? It's still, it's still 2020 for me. I don't yeah. know where you guys are at. <laughs> it's still 2020. Oh, please um, no. Yeah, yeah. Please I have no. to stop and think when I'm handwriting the date and go, goodness, yeah, can't believe it. It's come to a come to a close so quickly. Dr. Sharma, one of my big highlights of the year has been the arrival of Dr. Dilemma. Can you believe oh, we've had Dr. Dilemma been here it. a year? It's, it's incredible, isn't it? Like it actually has been a year and fit right in, I think, even from before the first episode in our group chats, yeah. we were like, this is going to go great. So yeah. we are ju- um, overjoyed. I'm glad to be uh, a representative for, for the X chromosomes. <laughs> That's right, exactly. <laughs> and for many other reasons, for many other reasons. But um, So that's one highlight of the year. But this show, as has been now, uh, this will be our fourth end of year show together and the third that we've more specifically done a an awards show where we take a tongue-in-cheek look at the year that's just gone by. So we'll be spending um, the rest of the show going through some some awards and, as I say, very much um, uh, tongue-in-cheek. So we've got things like um, uh, the biggest healthcare win of the year. We've got the healthcare, health and wellbeing-related phrase of the year. We've got the 
Tool of the Year Award. What else have we got, guys? We've got... Um... We've got the TikTok Trend of the Year. <laughs> and if you think... And if the Oft Overlooked Award. Yes. Any, any unsung heroes in the medicine right. healthcare space? So we've got a lot to get through. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. To find out more about Triple R or to explore many more shows, podcasts, articles, videos and interviews, head to the Triple R website at rrr.org.au. And our first award for the year, for, for this uh, year and this episode, we're going to take a look at the phrase or expression of the year. I was just looking back at uh, previous nominees over the last couple of years. We've had phrases like the big pause. We've had COVID normal. We've had herd immunity. Hmm. Um, unprecedented. I was waiting for unprecedented. <laughs> <laughs> um, now more than ever. Um, and we all got to pronounce a multi-syllable hydrocoxychlorine, um, um, chloroquine. Um, uh, we got on the beers, double donuts, ISO, the Rona. These have all been nominees, worthy nominees in the past. What have we got this year? Well, we've got a few. We've got so flu rona uh, uh, certainly this year. Although I wonder if that was a little bit last year as well. But the one that got my interest was uh, perma crisis. Perma crisis. Uh, <laughs> as in a permanent one. crisis. A perma crisis is a term that perfectly embodies the dizzying sense of lurching from one unprecedented event to another, <laughs> as we wonder bleakly what new horrors might be around the corner. Yeah. Oh, d- it's that a does good not one, up- isn't it? <laughs> Oh, it is. Collins <laughs> Dictionary's Word of the Year, apparently. Is that right? That's right. Go on you, Collins. Um, Collins, um, uh, managing director, stated that it sums up quite succinctly how truly awful 2022 has been for so many people. <laughs> the crisis. Good grief. Um, what else we got? Well, we've also got, uh, I've heard of this new one, uh, Orthosomnia. Uh, the mm. idea that people are becoming endlessly obsessed with the concept of perfect sleep. Now, I think mm. this has a lot to do with the fact that we are now have all these ways of measuring sleep. Mm. Uh, smartphone apps, of course, but also yeah. the, the, the rings that people often wear. And I'm getting people coming up to me talking about terms that you know, I, I hadn't really imagined people would know before, whereas like you know, sleep efficiency, sleep mm. latency – and perfectly otherwise happy functional people obsessing over numbers. Uh, but, you know, there, there's an industry for that. Yeah, yeah. And we've got goblin mode. Goblin mode. That was <laughs> Oxford Dictionary's word of the year, apparently. Well, I mean, it's Col- not a word of the year, it's a phrase of the year, but I quite liked goblin mode. Um, if you're not familiar with goblin mode, um, it refers to the type of behaviour which is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazen, or greedy, typically in a way that rejects social norms or expectations. Um, mm-hmm. And given the year we've just experienced, it's uh, Goblin Mode resonates with all of us who are feeling a little overwhelmed at this point um, from the Oxford Dictionary's uh, media. But do you, reckon, do you reckon that's something that it belongs more in lockdown years of 2020, 2021? Or is this just how we've or like, is it a emerged from... that we're carrying this with us, Goblin Mode? Yeah. Yeah, it's got a it's got a a sense of history about it, doesn't it? It does, <laughs> and it's and I think we've now just 
just, yeah, it's just the, the, the way forward. This is what they're living with, living the, the with a permaculture crisis is, is like. Yeah. Goblin mode. It says here, it's a, a, it's a relief to acknowledge that we're not always the idealised curated selves that we're encouraged to present. Um, and this has been demonstrated by the dramatic rise of platforms like Be Real, which is a, a new social media where users share images of their unedited selves, often capturing self-indulgent moments in goblin mode. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. nice one. And I think we've got one more nominee, Dr. Sharma. Yes, it is a very health focused immunity debt. Uh, this little phrase <laughs> has caused absolute <laughs> wars out there amongst acad- academicians, uh, public health experts, and doctors. Uh, the, the simple concept being that. If you haven't been infected with uh, pathogens for a while, uh, you, you basically you, you have this. There's all this immunity you would have built up that you now don't have. So you're almost kind of in debt, so to speak. So when you are exposed to them, you get really, really sick. Mm. In theory, not a particularly novel concept, but the interesting thing about it is this is a term that's just been created within the last two years. Yeah. And the other fascinating thing about it is it's it, it's funny how it's being weaponized kind of by either camps, the yeah, zero COVID right. versus the you know COVID is over type camp. Yeah. Um, something that is otherwise a pretty plain and simple uh, immunological concept. But how terms can we weaponize to to advance your interests? Uh, it's fascinating to see it unfold in that way. Absolutely. Okay. So we've got flu rona, the combination of influenza and a coronavirus. We've got perma crisis. We've got orthosomnia. We've got goblin mode, and we've got immunity debt. And the winner my, is my vote goes for perma crisis. Yeah. It sums up <laughs> me, my life so well, and for so many of us. Yeah, just march on with hand in hand towards oblivion. We've got a unanimous decision on perma crisis there, as the phrase expression of the year. Good on your perma crisis. Your awards in the mail. <laughs> Our second award for 2022 is the not-so-invisible hand of the market, um, where we look at um, uh, how perhaps uh, money has driven a few decisions about uh, stuff in health and healthcare and healthcare services. Uh, Previous uh, winners were or nominees were Gilead Pharmaceuticals, who were uh, price gouging on Remdesivir, and uh, we had uh, some. We did a collective on biopharmacals for the the COVID-related profits that they they scraped uh, by over the last few years uh, and things of that nature. Um, this year, our nominee is, well, Dr. Neo, who can't be with us, has nominated pharmaceutical companies for not allowing research into type 1 diabetes prevention for pharmaceuticals already licensed for other conditions due to concerns on how they may affect the drug's reputation. In other words, that there is some closed shop work going on, actually restricting the development of um, much-needed drugs, in this case related to diabetes. Um, But the pharmaceutical companies themselves are dragging the chain on it. Nominee number one from uh, Dr Neo, who can't be with us. There was another one, Dr Sharma. Which uh, is... Been a lot of my focus this year, particularly when we had Dr. Kyle Sheldrick to, to talk about it. We're talking about molnupiravir or Legevrio, one of the uh, two major antiviral medications that are being used to prescribe for uh, for COVID. And as we have seen, uh, as Dr. Sheldrick uh, laid, laid light on this, this medication is perhaps not as effective as we hope. Now that happens all the time, but the real issue 
is the fact that the kind of incomplete, immature, slightly dodgy data on this has been laid out bare open for, for about a year. It's just taken you know nine months for everyone to kind of catch up on this, particularly with the, the massive trial that, uh, that, that yet again casts some doubt on the use of this medication. Mm. So, you know, I think... I think this fits with the the theme of uh, the invisible hand of the free, the not so invisible hand of the free market so well. Because guess what? There really isn't some sort of conspiracy going on. All <laughs> the data is out there, out of the open. We know what all the doubts are. Yeah. We know what the drug companies are motivated by. But we all just kind of, it, it's kind of hidden in plain sight kind of stuff yeah. uh, that happens. And in the in the meantime. Perhaps you know, billions and billions of dollars are being made from this medication, which still probably does and may have a role in a specific subset of the population, yep. but you know, with very, very wide indications. Oh, there are our two nominees. Dilemma, feeling strongly about one or the other? Oh, um, well, Yom, you've, you've really you've <laughs> yeah. put a good argument for... Yeah. Um, I, okay, I, can, I, can I just uh, strengthen Dr. Neo's nomination here a little bit more <laughs> in, in his absence? There is something just brutal about the, the idea that we actually do have a medication that could work for a certain yeah. condition, yeah. but it's not being investigated. <laughs> it's incredible. The pa- there's no patent. But the, the patent for it is, is, is not really there yeah. to be monetized anymore. So there's something pretty brutal about that. Yeah. Now, I might have made the decision-making even more difficult for you two, but <laughs> I'm going to open up to you two. I'm pretty biased about uh, uh, Towards Legevrio winning this award, but yeah. uh, Panel Vita, uh, what are your thoughts? I don't know. I, there's something about the resistance to go forward on um, medication that's available for something that is so prevalent that really presses my buttons. I think I'm, so too. I'm not at all dismissing your nomination there at all, Dr. Sharma. I just don't know. I think I just want to go with that one. It just seems cruel almost. Money getting I in the way of, of, of yeah. these decisions. It's, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Oh. Okay. So we have a tie. We have a tie. <laughs> we have a tie. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Have we had a tie? I think we, they're they're all winners. Everyone goes home a winner. Well, that, that's the thing. We're all losers. <laughs> yeah, so that's both right. Of them win. So we've got yeah. two winners uh, yeah. this year for okay. the not so invisible hand of the free <laughs> market. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. And our third one uh, for the moment is the Sweet Sweet Justice Award. An award that we goes to uh, some uh, event or something that tells us that after some kind of injustice, there may be some justice coming through in the health and uh, healthcare sector. And our nominees are... Well, they would have to be uh, Elizabeth uh, uh, Holmes, who from who formed the company Theranos. Uh, we know that the case has been prosecuted over several years, but she has been in 2022 sentenced to jail, as has her uh, ex-Theranos executive uh, Sunny Balwani. Uh, just to remind people, this is the company that claimed to be able to do you know, numerous blood tests from just one small, tiny drop of blood. Uh, it made no sense biologically at all. That didn't stop Silicon Valley venture capitalists throwing in billions and billions of dollars into this. Uh, and the reality is, of course, that the, the executives in Theranos were just, yeah. just lying, <laughs> deceiving, manipulating in every way possible to make a profit. And for once, the bad guys go to jail. Yeah. So that was some sweet, sweet justice being delivered there. That's um, right. That's the punchline, isn't it? Mm. That's the justice. And the second one was? Robo-debt, uh, the Royal Commission into robo-debt that, that happened 
happened this year, and thank goodness, um, overdue, overdue. Dr. Dr. Viom, did you uh, follow this story quite closely, I think? Uh, uh, yeah, I have been, and uh, it's been fascinating to see uh, our bureaucrats uh, just been kind of gone through bit by bit yeah. by experts, email by email. Why did you write this? Why did you do that? Why did you tell anyone else? Um, and the, the reason we think RoboDebt is very central, uh, very relevant to the health sphere is uh, because this afflicted, this incredibly unfair system of Unlawful. recovering non-existent debts affected the most vulnerable people in the community, often with health conditions, and very likely contributed to depression, anxiety, and probably suicides. Yeah. So now we're seeing some some justice uh, delivered. And look, you know, I, I really doubt, you know, unlike Theranos, I, I doubt anyone's going to go to jail from this. But there is going to be an extreme. There's an extreme public kind of excoriation uh, of these bureaucrats that I think is going to be a bit of um, a disincentive, a deterrent for other bureaucrats in future yeah. who might be thinking of getting away with something awful like this that afflicts the most uh, marginalised people in the community. Mm. Mm. I'm going to go with robo-debt, yeah. not because uh, Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos um, don't warrant um, their comeuppance, but I just feel so close to home with the robo-debt and I think you hit the nail on the head there, Dr Sharma, this was something that was inflicted on the most vulnerable people in the community to horrific uh, consequences. Mm. Where are you landing, Dr Dilemma? I think I'll have to go to, into the Royal Commission into robo-debt because yeah. I yeah, recall it was a number of years ago now I was at uni and I had um, classmates and, you know, being slapped with uh, unexpected bills in into the thousands um, that – they were shocked to receive and the yeah as dr sharma has pointed to the health the mental health uh, ramifications of this unlawful um uh system of trying to reclaim uh debts that that weren't that weren't true debts is yeah um that has to be the winner in my eyes yeah dr sharma Yep, yep, got to be Robo Debt. There we go, Robo Debt for the Sweet Sweet Justice Award. That wraps up our first uh, pack of three uh, awards for um, this morning. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up the Triple R website to find out how. We've got um, um, some votes coming in for a couple of the upcoming um, uh, awards, first of which is uh, the Tool of the Year. So votes coming in on the, uh, on the text line. Tool of the Year, uh, previous winners or previous nominees were uh, – we had uh, Pete Evans, we had Sam Newman, Tim Smith, Donald Trump and the armchair epidemiologists. They've all got a, a run in the past. Uh, this year, the Tool of the Year award no, nominees go to – Dr Sharma, the nominees – well, uh, we've already mentioned uh, one of them, Elizabeth Holmes, the director of the uh, ex-company Theranos. Um, but I, my main nominee for this year, it's going to be pretty hard to beat and keen to hear if, if anyone's texted anyone else, Liver King. Liver yeah. King is either extremely familiar to you or not at all because that's just how <laughs> You're lucky. algorithms work. <laughs> yes. Uh, long story short, Liver King has been one of the, the main forces in, in health and fitness over the last few years. Uh, he's a 40-something-year-old man who sub, uh, s- subscribes by and preaches the nine ancestral tenets <laughs> by which to live by, the theory being that if we just live like the ancestors are, you'll be fit and healthy like me. 
what does he look like? A giant <laughs> steroid molecule. He, this guy is just jacked, has, you know, mate, God knows, 5% body fat, year-round, walking barefoot, tanning his God knows what orifice. You know, that's what the idea has been preaching and all the time saying that I do, I do not use performance-enhancing drugs. I use nothing of the sort. And, of course, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, emails leaked out. He's spending uh, about... $15,000 a month yeah. on, on getting this stuff injected, looking like an absolute tool. But in the meantime, has built a hundred, multi-hundred million dollar empire from s- selling all sorts of supplements. Uh, not particularly ancestral, I would have thought. But yeah, now looks like a total and right tool. He does indeed. Well, But, um, but listeners, if you do want to treat yourself to quite a specimen, you know, check out a photo of the liver king. Your Google fingers will get you there in no time. One of the most astounding aspects of the engagement um, I've had by watching this story unfold is a lot of uh, YouTube channels have put together, you know, clips of him being interviewed where he's outright refuted the idea that he's taking any supplements or anything of any nature. Um, and he does it so well. You know, It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, is like you look at his body and you immediately think there is no way that's natural, <laughs> no. right? So one part of your brain's Sorry. doing that. The other part of your brain is um, just watching and listening to him with such great confidence and comfort just lie. And then, of course, the uh, comeuppance there. The truth always prevails. <laughs> the truth prevails. And in the meantime, he's made, you know, truckload of money out of it. And, um, you know, are we... Uh, by the sound of it, we're going with Liver King as Tool of the Year. Just before we I do, think, a couple of text lines have come oh, in. Oh, a couple of nominations, nominations have come in. Um, so we've had uh, a listener nominate Dr. Nick Coatsworth, uh, interestingly oh, enough. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Yes. Um, we've had... Um, let me see... ScoMo got uh, an, a nominee. Jeez, I almost skipped my memory. There was a Prime Minister, wasn't there? <laughs> oh, it was Prime Minister. He was also Health Minister. Hel- health Minister, minister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we had... Um, yeah, I think they were the two texts that come in that were related to that one. So we can add those to uh, the the list. Um who are we going with? I'm going with Liver oh, King. We've got to go with Liver King. Yeah. I, I think nothing comes close to that. And, and I, it's the lying that you've mentioned, uh, Panel Beater. It's been absolutely brazen. But the thing that really impressed me is how everyone who was following him would have heard about the steroid accusations and would have looked at his body and go, no, I, be- I believe this guy. I believe he yeah. does not do steroids. Yeah. So it's just an incredible exercise in suspending your disbelief. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, my God, he looks absolutely s- stupid to a lot of his followers now. <laughs> Tool of the year. Tool sure. of the year, Liver King. Um, our next award is the Oft Overlooked Award, where we try and identify people who deserve more recognition than they typically get in the uh, health and well-being um, world we live in. The nominees for this, Dr Dilemma. So we've got a few. Um, first of all, got uh, I've put I put our firefighters and our SES workers because who where will we be without them? I mean the floodings um, this year have just been, the, the SES workers. We all just thank you to you. Um, my other nominee was regional general practitioners in Australia, and the reason for this nomination um, in particular was uh, prompted by... I was reading this um, article not long ago in, in the paper about this 
this family who um, uh, a, a couple and their daughter who live in regional uh, northwest New South Wales who run the only GP clinic um, in their town and um, they're struggling to recruit other doctors uh, hence why they haven't retired yet the um, couple and they've recruited their daughter but having trouble um, and the 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 kicker was this um, the doctor had worked for 85 consecutive days because hmm. they didn't want to leave uh, their rural town without health care <sighs> and having tr- trouble recruiting for that region. And I just thought, yeah. shout out to, to all the regional GPs out there who put in the, um, the, the particular hard work for, for our community. Yep. So big nominee. Um, and then my final nomination... I mean, we had some great nominations last year. So, um, do you recall those ones, um, panel beta? We had um, we, we had casual workers, cleaners, home carers, aged care workers, nurses, and patient service assistants. We we did, and, and I mean, I'd like to nominate them all again this year. But the other one I thought of was, well, shout out to our our patients in the healthcare system, who are being very, very patient um, for those who have had their, their procedures um, repeatedly bumped or delayed or, or waiting for scans that are taking longer than they should to, to happen because of these delays in, in the healthcare system. Um, shout out to the patients for being patient at this time. Yeah. And Yeah. yeah. Um, any other nominees? Yeah, we a couple of months ago we spoke to a rep, uh, somebody who was um, bringing us up to speed on some of the challenges that nurses are facing. And so nurses, and I'm seeing the text line come in, quite a number of people are nominating nurses in one form or another. So we cannot overlook uh, a big uh, thank you to nurses in whatever shape or form, clinic, hospital, home care, whatever the case may be. Dr Sharma, have we got all our nominees in? Mm. Oh, this is a really tough one. Oh, God. Uh, hearing uh, the level of commitment from the regional GPs, you know my obvious bias here. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think my vote's got to go there. Yeah, yep. Dr. Dilemma, where are you going? Oh, this, yeah, this article about this fantastic couple and their daughter keeping the GP's practice alive in the, in the country was just remarkable, so... I'm going to be the, for me. I'm, oh. go, I'm going to be the contrarian. I, oh. I'm going with nurses. Yeah. All right. Okay. I won't fight <laughs> on that one. We can split the award. Can we split the award, doctors and nurses? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we can. And yeah, particularly in Victoria, as we've gone to straight stage three of our health kind of uh, fr- um, health alert framework, there a lot of their leave is due to be cancelled uh, because of the enormous demands on them right now. So, yeah, that's a very fair two A award. Uh, okay. We can split that right down the middle. All right. Good stuff. Um, our third award for this break is is the TikTok trend award for the most dangerous, ridiculous viral trend of 2022. Our nominees, Dr. Dilemma. All right. Well, we'll, there's there's too many, but I've chosen a couple. Um, One, the sunburn challenge, uh, exactly as the name suggests. Um, A trend where you show off your best... uh, sizzled skin. Um, I don't know why, but a trend that has taken off on TikTok. Um, number two, the semaglutide um, promotion uh, for off-label use of semaglutide, a diabetes drug, um, being promoted for a weight loss strategy on TikTok. Uh, number three, dry scooping, which if you're not familiar with the term is... Um, <laughs> dry scooping. If you recall the cinnamon challenge um, of many years ago, it's not dissimilar to the cinnamon challenge, but this time it's taking a, a shot of your dry pre-workout powder rather than uh, diluting it and drinking it, as would be suggested, taking it as a shot 
in one big hit, which uh, the big hit of caffeine as well as the inhalation of uh, a lot of powder in a short period. Um, I don't think I need to explain why it's <laughs> perhaps not not a winner. Um, and another nominee, the sleepy chicken trend. So if you're not familiar with sleepy chicken, uh, lucky you. Um, sleepy chicken is a viral recipe which involves cooking chicken in Vicks NyQuil, which of course is a cough syrup um, medicine that also contains um, an antihistamine and a Panadol uh, element um, and apparently um, is a delicious meal to cook yourself and um, cause droughtiness. I just, I just... It's extraordinary. <laughs> I'm picturing the scene, somebody sitting around the kitchen table going... What do you want for dinner? What do you want for dinner? I've got a chicken and I've got some a Vicks box. Vapor Rub. <laughs> yeah, got a box of Nyquil. Um, Same. Mm. Dr. Sharma feels strongly about any of those? I think that if we have to go by the criteria of the most dangerous slash ridiculous, and I think the sunburn challenge might take it. I can imagine a few people purposefully trying to get a sunburn for this and uh, you know we'll see you in the melanoma clinic in a few years. Absolutely nuts. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. going to be my winner. Yeah. I, I think it's um, uh, been banned or at least being tried to be banned from from uh, being a hashtag on TikTok. I think that's a winner um, in, in the least sense of the word winner. <laughs> yeah, the winner. <laughs> yeah, sunburn challenge it is. God bless them. Yay for TikTok. <laughs> You're a TikTok fan, aren't you, uh, Dr. Sharma? Uh, yeah, massively. <laughs> the algorithm is absolutely incredible. Uh, it's the way it just, you know, so to speak, knows what you want to yeah, see uh, is yeah. something pretty unparalleled uh, when it comes to the other social media platforms. They're all trying to copy it. It's the, the biggest secret in tech. Well, maybe not the biggest secret in tech. I think the biggest secret in tech right now is what the hell chat GPT is doing, that AI program. But no, TikTok is is incredible, uncanny in its ability to know exactly what it is that I want to see. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener-supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up rrr.org.au to find out how. We've just got the last couple of awards for 2022 to um, dish out. Um, those being uh, the book, film, uh, website, etc. award and the uh, biggest Aussie Healthcare Win Award. So if you'd like to get in on the action and text us your nominations for either of those or for um, anything that you might want shouted out, um, reflecting on 2022 and to the Fine listener who pointed out that I've got a clicky pen and I'm clicking away. I'm sorry about that, Dick. I bet you that's bloody annoying. Um, so I'll do my best to stop clicking that damn pen. Um, so, final two awards. First of all, the book, film, website, podcast, or TV of the Year award. Our nominees, Dr. Dilemma. All right, so we've got a few nominees. Um, one nominated by our beloved Dr. Neo um, was the RCH, so the Children's Hospital in Melbourne Kids Health Podcast, um, which is a really great um, podcast. I mean, I think it's primarily focused at parents um, uh, of kids, um, demonstrating, uh, well, sharing some really great pearls of wisdom from, from um, paediatric uh, healthcare workers. Um, you can find that um, on the RCH uh, website. It's a fantastic resource uh, for parents. I recommend it. Um, another nominee that um, I, I 
put into the mix today was um, the podcast Enough, um, which was um, put together from the Sydney Morning Herald and the Age journalists, uh, Jewel Topsfield and Sophie Aubrey. And this um, it's a short series of podcasts that delves deep into the hearts and minds of our youth to reveal the extent of mental health issues in Australia, what led to their illnesses and how these young people are dealing with their illnesses. Um, I found it a really fascinating insight into um, youth mental health and you know, a, a spectrum of different uh, mental illnesses so um, done in a really sensitive um, manner and I really enjoyed listening to that and got a lot from that so you can find that on Spotify um, a couple of um, TV recommendations or because um, I'm prone to a bit of a, a Netflix binge myself um, this is going to hurt um, is a British medical comedy drama series, which you can find on Binge. It's made by Dr Adam Kay and based on his memoir of the same name, which came out a few years ago. It's a a really difficult watch in scenes. It's about the... um, uh, He previously worked as an obstetrician in the... um, gynaecologist in the NHS, and it's a really great insight into some of the realities of working on that kind of front line. Um, Mm. Hard watch, um, but a funny... You'll laugh and you'll cry, and I can't recommend it um, more. Another one was the Netflix short mo- movie that just came out, um, it's a documentary um, called the, Do- the Dream Life of Georgie Stone, which is um, about a 30-minute or so um, Netflix program that's actually filmed over, I think, about 10 years or so um, of um, uh, covering the journey of um, transgender teen um, and um, uh, advocate for the transgender youth, um, Georgie Stone, and um, a beautifully done documentary you can find on Netflix, which I, I recommend. And Dr Sharma, I believe, has uh, thrown his nomination into the mix. What's yes, it? I think uh, the Hoobman Lab is far too big to not mention, uh, for those of you uh, who may not know. Uh, Andrew Hoobman is a professor of neuroscience at, uh, at Stanford, and he, over the last few years, has developed this we'll call it a podcast or a YouTube channel, which is essentially three-hour-long, in-depth, detailed discussions on various topics. He is probably the most uh, famous scientist in the world right now, frankly, when it comes to health and medicine. Would you just look at the the actual coverage he's getting on other people's uh, YouTube channels and podcasts, some incredibly high-profile ones, uh, as, as of his own. And the really unique thing there is the fact that, you know, he really does talk about uh, the, the, a lot of these issues in a scientifically fairly robust way, but more importantly, in an incredibly detailed way over two to three hours. So we've seen this real, um, appetite that was previously unexplored, um, of people wanting to, to know things in what is a reasonably high level of scientific detail for, for the lay public, um, you know, in, in, a, in an era where things are supposed to be short and catchy and trendy. Mm. Uh, you know, it's got its, it's, got its issues, uh, I think, but as will everything, frankly, when, when you're trying to, to, pre, to come across with such a complex uh, kind of a, a discussion matter to a lay public, but that's got to be right up there. So probably a very uh, worthy nominee, I think, in yeah. the book slash film slash web slash slash podcast slash TV uh, uh, show Comparing publication of the year award. Aren't we? It's a it's a tricky category for nominees. Um, just to, people would have heard you say three hours of science there, Dr. Sharma. Just to put uh, people at ease who may not want the three hours, you can. He he also does this thing where he edits up sections of his um of his podcast. So he can get like twelve fifteen minute bites of things, and he's 
recently covered things like sleep, caffeine, alcohol, exercise routines, etc. Yeah, that's yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Where are we um, where are we landing on on this direction? Oh, I, I wanted to add Rick um, Norton uh, as journalism through the year that he's done on a number of things health uh, related, um, and he in fact uh, with RoboDebt as well. Mm, yeah, he's the, been the one I've been following for over there. But yeah, he's been extraordinary over really? the last few years. And NDIS is another one where yeah. he's been absolutely forensic yep. with his examination. So yep. Rick Morton, uh, very worthy inclusion. Uh, right. But you're as to my... To, you're um, going to have to pick and you're going to have to pick quick. We're going to have to pick quick. <laughs> I, I think RCH, considering how they're completely inundated uh, yep. with, uh, with, uh, with patients at the moment, what they're doing in their spare time, so to speak, yeah. uh, that gives a gold star for me. All yeah. right. All, All right. right. Awards in the mail. <laughs> RCH Awards in the mail. Our final award of the year is... The biggest Aussie healthcare win of the year. And our nominees are... Uh, very quickly, we've got the first subsidised IVF clinic opened in Melbourne just recently. That's our first nominee. Second nominee, the Help Debt Reduction um, Initiative for Rural Doctors and Nurse Practitioners to cull their their uh, hex debt if yep. they work in a region of, of, of need. Um, yep. Third nominee, a new initiative in Queensland um, trial this year with 50 uh, GPs placed into regional high schools so that uh, high school students can directly access a GP at school. And the fourth nominee, uh, my uh, ex-chromosome representing here, the Albanese government in establishing the National Women's Health Advisory Council to address health inequalities for women and girls in Australia. I wish we had more time to unpack all of those. All of those, because yeah. uh, the antidote to the permacrisis of the year is some good news. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who's your Ooh, winner? Dr Sharma. Oh, I think for me, the subsidised IVF clinics in, opening in Melbourne, I mean, these are yeah. people who otherwise could not have children and IVF has always been so prohibitively expensive. I'm thrilled to see that happen. IVF for me? Yep. All right. Okay. A worthy winner. It's fantastic news. Like the year, the show this very Sunday has gone very, very fast and that's the last of our awards for the year. So it's just time for the big thanks. Um, we want to especially thank, obviously, the people here at Triple R, um, notably Dave, Beck and Elizabeth for all their support through the whole year and a whole lot of others um, around the place as well. Big thank to Max, who's done our podcast all year, bloody champion. Um, we want to thank um, our neighbours at Radio Marinara and Einstein and Gogo. It's fabulous following all things wet and salt to come and do all things health and well-being before we head over to the geniuses of the scientists at Einstein and Gogo every Sunday. Fabulous to see them here. Um, and one of the great reasons being back in the studio. And I want to thank the team, Dr Sharma, Dr Dilemma and Dr Neo, who can't be here today. I really enjoyed the year with you guys. Hi, this is Panel Beater. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Radiotherapy, a weekly radio show dedicated to health, medicine and well-being. Broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Feel free to get in touch with us via Radiotherapy's Facebook page.